0: Good morning, this is Elliot Fishman, and we're now in February. On the East Coast, it's been an incredible winter, or lack of winter, I shouldn't say anything. Coming to work today, it felt like April. It must be about 60 degrees at 7 o'clock in the morning. But anyway, I'd like to welcome you to all to our latest podcast. And this one, I'm going to speak a little bit about cardiac CT, but a little different approach to it in terms of some of the things that I've learned recently in some of my travels and lecturing and listening at some meetings. And I was at Barry Katzen's CTA and ISAT meeting in uh, Miami several weeks ago, late January, uh, which was a terrific meeting. It was a one-day course on cardiac CT and vascular imaging. But the highlight of the meeting to me and probably to most people was that Arthur Agustin gave the uh, keynote address over lunch on preventive and early diagnosis of cardiovascular disease. And I thought I would just make several comments of things he said. So, first of all, Arthur Agustin is a cardiologist, a preventive cardiologist for the most part in Miami, and he's very famous for a number of things. The thing that he's famous for is the Agustin scoring system, which we use for calcium scoring. So that's pretty impressive. Of course, not often that things get named after you when you're still uh, alive and kicking and doing well. And the second thing is, uh, many people forget that uh, he is the person who developed the South Beach Diet, and he's uh, written a number of books on that, and in fact, he kindly autographed his latest book for me, The South Beach Diet, Quick and Easy Cookbook, which I have in front of me, but uh, I'm not here plugging books, this is not Amazon.com, but uh, I thought that I would comment on some of the things he said, and... One of the things that was very interesting was this whole idea about treating preclinical disease, that coronary artery disease has multiple risk factors we know about, from hypertension to obesity, to elevated cholesterol, to smoking, to hereditary factors, and many risk factors we don't know about, which is why there's tremendous variability. He also spoke about, you know, what is normal cholesterol. He made a very interesting point that if you develop coronary calcification, that whatever your cholesterol is, it's too high. So specific numbers uh, will vary from patient to patient. He spoke about some of the misconceptions of calcium uh, uh, in coronary arteries, that uh, some of the uh, misconceptions, vulnerable plaques are not calcified, therefore calcified plaques don't predict events, or the calcified plaques are not necessarily stenotic and therefore don't predict events. And his answers to these misconceptions were the calcified plaques are markers of plaque rupture. Their size and density indicates the age of the plaque rupture. So the denser the plaque, the older it is. And stenotic lesions do have a predictive value because they predict total plaque. Uh, Chronic stenotic plaques don't kill patients. It's the vulnerable plaques uh, that kill patients. He spoke about uh, how coronary artery disease is typically multivessel. it's not simply just one area of stenosis, and how non-obstructive disease indeed can be associated with ischemia. And uh, the, the, the myths that ischemia can be reversed with medical therapy without revascularization is indeed true, and that stenosis alone does not predict perfusion. Uh, he's also commented that, you know, one of the things with stents is that it's not ever been shown that bypassing obstructive lesions always increases longevity, and that angioplasty has not been shown to prevent coronary advance when compared to medical therapy. So, uh, one of the big things he spoke about was the importance of uh, treating patients, the importance of calcium scoring as a good marker of disease. And the presence of calcium representing uh, preclinical disease or early disease. And uh, the point I mentioned is that abnormal cholesterol level is the cholesterol level where preclinical disease is present. So I thought it was a very enlightening talk. Uh, um, uh, you know, the um, the use of uh, CT scanning and preventive cardiology is something I think that will continue to grow. But... Uh, I think the points he made were indeed very, very critical. So uh, I think it's terrific he gave a terrific talk, and if you ever get the chance to hear him, it's definitely worth your time. What's also very impressive, as he commented, that uh, he has not given up his day job. He uh, works full-time as a cardiologist in the South Beach Preventive Cardiology Center in Miami Beach. So it's very impressive, and uh, uh, we thank him for a uh, terrific talk. Some of the other things relating to cardiac CT, um, one of the questions that commonly is raised and it's always brought up at meetings is, do you do a coronary CTA in a patient with extensive calcification, knowing that calcification will limit visualization of vessels, that with current technology we can't subtract calcification? You ask the question and then people kind of hem and haw about it. there's significant calcification, they won't do it, and then you ask what is significant calcification, and they say an Agusin score of over 1,000. But that's kind of in some ways silly because in reality, as no one measures the score when the patient's on the table, you can gestalt it, and I definitely can say whether there's a lot of calcification, which means a score over 1,000 or not, but no one's getting numbers. And the reason I comment on this is that uh, most people, although they kind of won't admit it, We'll always do the patient. The patient's in beta block. You got the line in. The patient's on the table. You'll just do the study because maybe there's ancillary information you'll find. For example, uh, patients who get bypass surgery, the uh, potential for placing the grafts and where they should be placed can um, be uh, planned in part by the CTA, which shows what vessels are not truly calcified. But the other thing, uh, I had a case the other day, calcium score ended up being over 1,300. But in the areas that weren't calcified, we were able to see a 90-plus percent stenosis of the LAD. And this was a patient who had vague symptoms, wasn't clear what was going on, negative stress test, and the patient went to cath a couple of days later, and uh, that stenosis was documented in a stent plate. So... I really now uh, have a great example of why, regardless of the calcification, there probably is value in doing the study. So I think that's something very, very important um, to understand and something very practical that um, I guess the thing I would say is probably just end up doing the study. Now, at this meeting, I'll just uh, comment on a few other things people spoke about. Uh, people spoke about... Um, the potential in cardiac imaging for newer studies like SPECT and PET and different type of uh, particularly myocardial PET and the potential, uh, that some of the strengths for looking at uh, function and perfusion um, and potentially to quantify absolute flow and flow reserve. So there are a lot of uh, interesting uh, potentials in cardiac imaging for other non-invasive techniques, and that'll be something I think that you will see coming along in the next couple of years. I think people also spoke a lot about some of the uh, pitfalls of cal- of uh, doing CT, coronary CTA, some of the potential problems. Uh, some of the pitfalls, again, people do comment that larger patients, patients with uh, who are fat, just big body habitus, that it's really some of the hardest patients to scan because there's so much artifact present or potentially artifact that it's very difficult to truly be able to uh, do good studies. And that was definitely uh, looked at. Also, people spoke about some of the potential problems with artifacts. Um, the uh, importance of low heart rate, some of the problems commented on related to the uh, ability to get a dense enough uh, opacification of the coronary arteries without noise. So again, typically four cc's, uh, good concentration of contrast necessary, some of the post-processing challenges. Again, uh, One of the things we've stressed that now people are again focusing on is interactive rendering. The fact that single slices or just scanning through a stack of axial images for the coronary artery is not the way to go. Some of the new software which allows very good curved planar reconstruction is something that uh, is really becoming um, uh, more widespread, and that will not only make this study more accurate, but will also allow us to uh, do the studies faster. And particularly when you're putting scanners in the ER setting, you need to be able to come up with the answers pretty quickly. So that's pretty exciting. So I think um, we'll call it a morning or call it a day for this. And uh, again, uh, on CTSS, we're getting lots of questions about coronary imaging, the issues about radiation dose, issues about the potential for screening, and uh, those are things we'll continue to speak about and continue to work on over the coming talks. Thank you very much.